Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Sension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. All right, so any questions or comments? And we've done a lot. I don't know if we've paid attention, but um, we have a book that we're reading, uh, a letter, a historical letter that we read from uh, Tomiki Sensei. Um, there was also uh, several key podcasts, I thought. And then uh, we have our usual stuff that we're working on, particularly the last GUAZA class, okay? And then we've, we've been raising the issue quite a bit, you know, what is training, what's the nature of training, what is performance, um, how do you improve skill, that kind of stuff, right? Then, then like I said, there's, a lot, there's still a lot of personal stuff on the, on the mat. Uh, and again, I don't think you know, this dojo per se or is, is, exists because I couldn't find it anyplace else, right? And it's based upon the things that I wish I would have had uh, as I was training. And one of the things I wish I would have had was a, a chance to bounce ideas off my teacher or a chance to hear uh, of how they dealt with similar things, uh, almost more like a senpai kind of thing, right? And in a lot of uh, spiritual traditions, you do have those moments where you do sit and talk with your mentor, but Buddha has been so bastardized and secularized that that's one of the things you you don't have anymore. You don't, you don't have conversations with your teacher anymore. They don't do that. It's all done in the name of, you know, um, we're all equal and, uh, and, and everyone has a valid perspective, but that, that doesn't make sense in Budo. Um, if Budo is a, is a path of self-cultivation, then that person more practicing it and practicing it longer has more to say and more insights and more to share than somebody that's just walking in off the door, right? It's a, it's a very much a self-sabotaging um, action or act or belief that's happening when, when you suggest by not having conversations or wanting conversations with your mentor uh, when you suggest that my views is just as good then why be here why be here if there's nothing to cultivate and nothing to gain from cultivation right but no one thinks that stuff through in classic modern insensibility right they just do that but usually if you were in a spiritual tradition of any kind you would have some moments where you would have a, a meaningful or, an, or a, an intimate conversation of some kind 
with your mentor because you'd have a mentor and that's the whole point of mentors so as I was in my mentoring systems my teachers just didn't do it every once in a while they would open up and holy cow it was like you know you struck gold it was like that but they they usually just didn't do it or maybe they didn't do it with me um and I felt every time they did open up, I learned a great deal. I know through the decades with them now deceased, I often come to those words and, and have come to figure out what they, were, what they said now. Uh, I've come to understand it where I didn't understand it then. So had they not said anything to me, right, where would I be? So that's why we do it here. So there's a lot to deal with, and I don't think it is really in, it to your advantage to keep things off the table. So questions or comments, observations? So with regard to the letter um, from Tomiki-sensei, um, one of the things in that letter was him talking about the introduction of judo to the high school curriculum in Japan. Um, and I remember you recently talking about how the Japanese government kind of created a cultural definition of what arts compromise Budo. Um, I'm just for context. What was the timeline of those things occurring? I think I had a misperception of when they happened. We're back. So the timeline is generally in in, in the same time frame. And I think key for us as Aikidoka is we have to see through several, several, several fictions that Aikido in general likes to market itself through. Uh, be, and so those fictions were generated around that same time. So that's that's why I share that history with you, so that you can free yourself from that history. Um, and, you know, this is one of the reasons why uh, Foucault's work was so powerful. It wasn't, it wasn't your classic um, Marxist critique of an institution in the sense that you go, look, all you want is power or all you want is money, and that's a bad thing, so you must be bad, so you have to go away. He, he didn't do that. What he did is the institutions always present themselves with some kind of, I, I want to use the word sacred, but I don't want, I don't, I want you to, let me define it. So they, they present themselves with a kind of, a kind of mythos that um, justifies this existence in a to in, with with authenticity and with legitimacy, um, and they seem to uh, they seem to do it in the same way that something like Genesis might do it, where it just it just erupted out of nowhere, it just erupted out of nowhere, and in that sense, it comes to take on a kind of objectivity. And as an, as an objectivity, uh, it takes on a truth. And once it has a hold of truth, then uh, it is irrelevant whether they're making all the money or they have all the power. So he was, he, what he did is he just did uh, what he called an archaeology. He uncovered 
and exposed the the historical nature of the institution, that it didn't just erupt out of nowhere, that there were certain things, certain people, certain statements, certain discourses, and they gave birth to this thing. And as a result, you don't look at it with the same sacrality. It doesn't hold truth with a capital T. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? So Aikido generated that same kind of sacrality, that same kind of truth. And it's all tied into several things. It's tied into the sense of the founder, right? Uh, it utilizes lineage uh, as a technology. It also capitalizes upon a historical shift where it participated in it fully that wanted to draw a distinction between Bujutsu and Budo, between Aiki Jujutsu and, and Aikido, right? It, where prior to this time period of all this exchange, people used those words interchangeably, right? Now, nowadays, you have everyone trying to draw a distinction between Bushido, Budo, Bujutsu, Right and same thing, Aikido, Aiki Jujutsu, and and from there you get an extension where that marks an eruption of genius. This is this often happens with institutions. There's there there's some works on um, I think it was Wittgenstein who who talked about the cult of genius. So a genius is a kind of like an immaculate birth in a way. How, you know, Jesus just came. There was no dad. He just came. So institutions often use a genius as it just came out of nowhere, right? And therefore it's special. Uh, and therefore it's true. And therefore you should follow what we're saying about it. And that's the whole part that a founder has. So you had to say, oh, Oh, sensei is, was doing something totally different from what his teacher was doing, from what the art was that he was studying before. And then you, you, now you got to say, well, what is that difference? Oh, well, see, he did Budo. He didn't do Bujitsu. And, oh, what does that mean? Well, his techniques, he kind of filtered them so that they're nonviolent and, and non-injurious. So you can't hurt someone with it. And they move in a natural way, so the joints are only taken in a natural way, and you never cause injury. Right? And, they, and they talk like that. Um, and then next thing you know, oh, Aikido is a unique martial art because it's the only nonviolent martial art. But now you, you're, you're a good uh, Foucaultian, and you go back and you go, well, let, let me see about this. You uncover the history, and you're like, holy shit, those are the exact same techniques. Right, remember that, that video I showed you guys where they compared his, his, uh, his Aiki, what was it? I don't remember what it was called at that time, but to me that makes even more suspect this this cult of genius and this immaculate birth of the Aikido mm -hmm. institution is that the name is changing all over the place but the but the techniques are remaining the same so these techniques he did later when it was clearly called Aikido are done frame by frame in the same way when it was not called Aikido what happened to your your eruption your immaculate you know birth of the genius and this, this spontaneous eruption of this new thing 
Where'd it go? Right? And, and, and then you, you go a little further and you go, hey, wait a minute. Every art has kodagayash. They just call it something different. Right? They all, they all say that. It's all the same art. And they go, well, no, no, no. It's done really, it's done different. And you go like, how? And it looks exactly the same. It's done, right? It's done exactly the same. And then if you go even deeper and you go, what are the actual mechanics for this art? And you, you're going to get into the internal aspects of the art. And now guess what? You are in full-on Chinese martial arts. Right? Then you go further, like, hey, you know what else is weird? That art, they don't say Kodagash is not violent. They don't say that at all. You guys seem to say it. I'm not getting it. Let's test it. Let's just drop a human body from three or four feet off the ground and see if it hurts. Right? No, 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 we don't drop them four feet off the ground. We, we just use it to lay them down. Well, let's see if they don't want to lay down and all that torque goes into the wrist. So let's, let's tie their feet, you know, to a stake in the ground and now you torque that wrist and let's see if that hurts. No, 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 they're good. We're, we would, now you see you're already starting to change your understanding. I thought these moves go in the natural direction of the joint. Right? So you got to let them, right? Oh, all right, what are we working with now? Well, we would, we would convince them through pain that they should go where we want them to go. Well, holy cow, that sounds like a tyrant. That's what that sounds like to me. You're going to make somebody do something they don't want to do or you're going to hurt them? How is that moral? Right? So the timeline is all, the, and because this is what institutions do, they fabricate a timeline, right? It never, it never holds true, which is why you could do this with anything. You could do any institution, you could take any history, and you're going to uncover, right, its, its, um, its earthliness. So when you get to that part, you know, and you're wondering, okay, is this Buddha? Is this Buddha? Well, the way I do it is, man, hey, I'm not participating in that. That's all part of the political fiction that's Aikido. I, I'm jumping past that. Right? I'm jumping past that before these institutionalized folks came up and wanted to make something, Right? I'm going, I'm ahead of that. So, and, and that's how we do a technique. That's how we do a technique. <clears throat> so like we did the techniques today. Hey, those look like they hurt, right? I could just see a lot of Aikidoka go, man, you just broke that guy's arm. And they had no problem throwing a guy down onto the back of his head, but breaking the arm was somehow a problem, you know. We're, we're not training the fact that you know how to break someone's arm doesn't mean you're going to break someone's arm. And in the same way, the fact that you don't know how to break someone arm, someone's arm doesn't mean you're not an asshole and a power seeker, right? And a tyrant, and you're trying to oppress and make people do And that you won't hurt people. You will. 
So, uh, two things then. You as Deshi, man, you got you can't buy the history. If I were you, I would never even look at it. I would just be, you know, I would totally distance. I would be so naive to it. Where someone comes up and goes, yeah, that's not Aikido. And you just go, I'm okay, whatever. See you. <laughs> that's, all I would that's how I do it now, right? You don't know your history. You don't know your culture. You don't know, you don't know the body. You don't know morality. You just have this fiction of bullshit, right? So, you know, when you when you trace the history back and go, no, 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 Budo is something. Budo is different from Bujitsu. Okay. If you want to make that, but you can't say that it was for centuries of Japanese history. You can't, you can't say that it was, these terms were not interchangeable. And you have to go way back. We're talking like third to fifth century China. The idea already existed that you can take an artistic slash secular practice and make it a spiritual one. And, and then I bet you, you, would have, you could go even further back, further back all the way to the, the monastic systems in India where I'm sure as hell, because you still can't do this, you, you clean, you clean with a certain sense of sacrality. You're not just cleaning. So already there, you had a secular act being given this spiritual or this religious meaning, right? How, how is that different from this? It's not different from this. So it's just it's not an art form. Do you get that? But there were people sweeping a certain way, cooking a certain way, cleaning a certain way. What way? A spiritual religious way. A way to cultivate the self. So, God, how far does that go back? So the distinction is really silly, and Aikido has made a great deal out of it. So it was at that time, right? Because it was big, it, it, you know, same thing. It was, the, you, one, one of my teachers always said, Dave, just follow the money. Follow the money. Like if you if you couldn't get, you know you couldn't get to the uh, to this archaeological level, just start with the money, follow it. Like don't go. He's got the money. Where'd that money come from? And the money came from him. And the money came from her. And the money and where 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 where? Right. And soon you're gonna find it in the sugar fields. Right? You find it somewhere like that, and you're like, holy cow, and this entire system comes up around, and this entire organization comes up so that people can get rich off of that thing. So that's what was going on. So they, they, were, they were going to, you know, decide who, who, who was going to be able to cash in on this capital. And so certain arts got recognized by this Budo formation, right? And then that you, and so that was part of the effort, or or that that practice led to part of this now history where people want to draw a distinction between those two words, right? 
So I, I wouldn't make too much out of it unless you're an academic and you want to know, you know, you want to be able to do a lecture on the on the, the political organization or the, um, you know, the philosophical uh, power base for the for the nomenclature Budo. But I don't want to do that. I'm a practitioner. All I need to know is, hey, I'm free of that. I'm free of that. I don't, that, that shit has nothing to do with me. And you guys can all pretend how throwing people is nonviolent, right? I'm going to actually work on nonviolence in my heart, right? And I'm going to work on when I, if or when I need to, I'm going to be able to throw someone on their head, right? Or, or I'm going to also be the uke who can take that and not cower in the face of it. Do you see? I'm going to practice that virtue of not retreating, of courage, of bravery, of release, right? See, the, this, this other stuff just is all a fake economy where you, somehow you get to go, well, I'm, I don't need to do any of those things Dave just said because I'm doing Buddha. You're like, oh my God. You're not. Okay, so for that's how I would see it. Anything else? Since <clears throat> also the letter by Tomiki, um, he mentions that there are like four things that Kano talked about that are some of the benefits for practicing judo. Um, one of them was spiritual cultivation, but then later he added that that ishinho, which I think they translated as um, consoling the spirit. I was just curious if you could talk about those and how they're different, and is that something we practice here, and how does that work? Yeah, let, let me put that in modern terms, though, okay? So, um, it, when I was um, studying the, the early Greeks, there was one of those institutional or par paradigmatic shifts where we went from care, of, care for thyself to know thyself. And uh, for a long, 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 long time, care, care of thyself was the thing you did. Know thyself came much later, but ended up winning out. And that's where we had our, our Greek forefather philosophers and democracy and, you know, critical thinking and argumentation and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's never a complete victory, right? So, you know. You can see things like in the Mediterranean diet, right? There's still a sense of folk wisdom, we call it now, where, hey, take care of yourself. Who gives a shit how well you argue if you're freaking diabetic and you got high blood pressure, right? And all you got to do is live long enough and you start caring more about that, right? <laughs> like in your 20s, you don't give a shit, right? But you start... You start having those mystery pains around 30, right? Then 40 and 50. And if you don't get a hold of it, you're pretty sure that there's a, 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 you know, a jilted relative who's shooting lasers from across the ocean into your joints. Or, or you were captured by a, some foreign government and poisoned, you know, and that explains all your aging ailments, right? So, the, but care, for, care of thyself 
is, let's look at it in modern terms. So in Budo, for example, um, as we teach here, we have these four things that I give you, right? These four th areas to concentrate in on. And they, there's more to them, but in my experience, these are the big players. If you address these things, uh, you will be more well off than if you didn't, okay? So these are uh, sleep. If you, if you F with your sleep, where you become sleep deprived. It is very hard to train, to push yourself, to think, to be logical, to be non-reactive, um, to not become depressed, to not become anxious, to not get some sort of mental illness, uh, to not get some sort of physical ailment because of all the benefits of sleep. So sleep, every time you have a, you have a problem, I always, how much are you sleeping? Of course, you guys always at first tell me, oh, I'm sleeping eight to nine. Then we have to record it and like, holy cow, I did five, right? Yeah, you should, be, you should feel sick. Then the next one is nutrition, right? And the nutrition is, is uh, a low-cal anti-inflammatory. Okay? And, and the reason that is we're not trying to be bikini models, and uh, we don't need six-pack abs. We don't give a shit about that. We, we look for a functional fitness, right? And, but what is our function? Well, our function is twofold because it's a mind-body practice, right? Or a mind-body-spirit practice. So I have to be strong enough and flexible enough so that I'm mobile enough because this is a weapon art. And a weapon art's mobility rules the day. When, when, when you don't have weapons, strength rules the day. But as soon as you have the possibility of a knife or a firearm, mobility, mobility wins. So you can have 300 pounds on me, right? And you give me a knife, and yeah, you're not going to do anything with your 300 pounds. Okay. So mobility counts. Mobility also counts for daily quality of life. I, I find that a huge thing, especially as you get older, especially as I watch my peers at work get older. Holy cow. People with 20 years less than me can't get up and down. Right? But even just playing with your kids. You're not going to play with your kids anymore. You can't get up and down. You're going to say, hey, can you get that for me? Can you get that for me? Can you get for You know what I mean? And remember, the more, one, of the, one of the mortality markers that they use now is they have older people see if they can get up and down off the ground because, right? and you just ask yourself, your elders, you know, your, maybe it's your parents, They're, are they asking you for help? Do they ever sit on the floor anymore? Do they ever lay on the floor anymore? No, you know. So nutrition has a role in that. That anti-inflammatory diet does a lot for that. And, and the locale does a lot for steadying my mood. Never making me uh, hyper-reactive. So when I'm hyper-reactive, then I'm prone to the anxiety-depression cycles. And I'm also prone towards um, what I would call extreme flavors, which makes it hard to eat an anti-inflammatory low-cal diet. 
I think there's some comp I think there's some correlation between uh, things like um, the number of, of, of diagnosed teens with depression and hot Cheetos. And on all these sour powder stuff, right? How do these kids eat this stuff? Right? They, they, there's some hyper-reactivity in them that, that uh, the other flavors just don't cut it. Right? You'll see. Everything else has come right, come true, right? You'll see. No one's looking at it yet. So nutrition, right? And then, then we kind of already segue into the fitness. We want the fitness was we want a good strength to weight ratio, right? And we use pull-ups as a marker for that, push-ups as a marker for that. But as I said, it has to prioritize mobility. So it goes mobility, right, strength, okay? Because you can get really strong, and, and the way that the body gets strong is actually by fusing tissues to support weight, and uh, you will get, you'll become, the stronger you get, so to speak, the less mobile you get, you get okay? Which is one reason why we focus on, on more traditional ways of strength training, and not just doing, you know, the barbell lifts. We've all seen what happens to them. They, they can support a lot because they have uh, uh, a fusion of tissue that allows them to do that. And we can't afford that. And then the last one is worldview, right? That worldview should, is almost separate for me because it is so important, but it's so hard to do. So... The first, I put the first three, the first three, because they have a big impact and they're very easy to do, very easy to see. But worldview is really the one that's killing us all. Okay. So the worldview is, is, is just the classic East Asian, you know, there's, there's yin and yang and there's an impermanence and an emptiness. Okay. So... What do those things do then? Well, they do two things. They kind of increase your tolerance for shit. Whether it be someone attacking you or whether it be your boss riding you or your spouse neglecting you or, or you know, traffic. They increase your tolerance for that, right? But they also decrease your reactivity. Do you, do you understand that? And so, if we that to me, that is what Budo does. What what is you can look at it as a kind of health system, a kind of wellness system, a kind of care for yourself. But you have to understand, care is not just the body, but also your mind and your your um, your spirit. So that it, it doesn't, you're not just wanting six-pack abs, right? You don't want to be somebody who's now got an addiction cycle going. Because you have to make yourself numb to the shit that you can't take. Do you see that? So you're doing these two things simultaneously with your training. Right? You're, you're basically, you're increasing your power and you're decreasing the external power. Do you see that? And that's exactly what Aikido is. Kokyu, increasing your power. Aiki, decreasing their power. 
And that's as good as it gets. Is it 100% victory guaranteed? Nope. Your, your equation of plus and minus? Yeah, sorry. You needed 100. You came up with 99.5. Sorry, you died. Big ass deal. What do you care? Right? You're one with the universe. Right? Who gives a shit? But the, these are how I, I understand this, you know, and how I would like for you guys to understand it. So when you talk about consoling the spirit, it is to me, it's a kind of like, you know, uh, to stop the agitation of the spirit. And who does not feel that now? Holy cow. Right? The stats are insane for mental illness, whether it be calls for service or whether it be people diagnosed or whether it be the pharmaceutical, you know, economic levels. This, we are very much agitated. So we have to, you know, I, I would like for you guys to understand that. And you just play. So, for example, um, I can't blend. I can't, I can't take their power. I can't take their power. You, you better turn up the CoQ. Right? Oh, man, I'm getting overpowered. I'm getting overpowered. You better turn up the Ike. So... You're, you're, getting, you're getting very agitated. You feel yourself getting agitated, right? So you feel the anxiety, depression cycles. You feel the, uh, the, the, the pending meaninglessness or the darkness, the emptiness. Like, why am I doing this? No, no eternal why, no meaning. You're feeling that. Okay, start playing. Play with those four, right? Play with those four. Do you have to turn up this and turn that down? Do you got to turn up that and turn this down? So when the, when the Buddha wrote his first, the Four Noble Truths, it was written in the same discursive model as a prescription for medicine. I seriously doubt that that idea disappeared. More likely, it has weaved its way through all the way to current Budo where someone's talking about that, as, as I am here, right? It's, it, you, can, you can think of it as this kind of take care of thyself, but self's much bigger than we normally think. Okay? And at the same time, hey, don't dismiss it. It isn't a little thing, right? It's no massage, you know what I mean? We feel good when we go get a massage. Yeah, that ain't going to cut it. You get a massage every fucking day. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. If you're breaking all the other rules, right? And, and what I want to say instead is, hey, the ultimate care for thyself is Buddhahood, is awakening, is enlightenment. Until then... We're all playing with fire. We're just waiting. We're waiting for the darkness to take us over. 
we're waiting for the meaningless, meaninglessness to make us want to surrender. Right? So, no surrender. Stay the fight. Koku and Aiki. Shift. Shift as you need to. Right? Stay engaged. Be brave. Right? Be brave. Be brave. This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentiencenter.com, S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com, or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.